We're podcasting remote across the globe. Grab your favorite umbrella drink and the notes app on your phone while we chat with entrepreneurs, marketing leaders, and remote employees across the globe about the hashtag work from anywhere movement, the culture of the countries they're working in, cool projects at the forefront of marketing and tech, and the culture of remote work. I'm your host, Gianna Barrett, the founder and chief remote officer of First Page Strategy, a growth marketing agency that's been remote since 2016. Are you ready to take this journey with us? Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Remotely Cultured. I'm your host, Gianna, calling in from Roatan, Honduras, where I run FPS and host this podcast. This episode is brought to you by First Page Strategy. At FPS, we use data and big ideas to produce exponential growth for product-led brands who need to nail their acquisition goals and want to work with a flexible, non-traditional agency. For example, in one year, we've grown a client's total revenue 197%, their organic revenue by 300%, and their paid revenue by over 1,000%. If you're a SaaS, fintech, or startup and need to hit your 2023 high growth acquisition goals, check us out at firstpagestrategy.com. I have Chad Franzen here today of Rise25, who has done thousands of interviews with successful entrepreneurs, investors, and CEOs, and we have flipped the script a little bit today, and he will be interviewing me. Chad, welcome to Remotely Cultured. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Gianna. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you. Good, good. Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you today a little bit more about first page strategy and uh, kind of everything that went into it and the things that you guys do. Tell me, um, when and why did you first start first page strategy? Yeah, so I started first page. Um, we call ourselves FPS, so I'll probably say FPS oh, okay. throughout the podcast. We call us uh, we call ourselves FPS. We started back in 2016. So I was working in San Francisco and um, had been crawling up the tech scene and kind of startup scene in San Francisco and Seattle for about 10 years. And I just found myself really burned out. And I wanted to travel, um, work on my terms, set boundaries with work and life and and um, home life. And yeah, so I started a company where I could work how I wanted to work. So how did you get started then when you decided to launch things on your own? Yeah. Um, well, I actually, I made a snap decision to move to Belize when I was in San Francisco. And it was something that was in the back of my mind for probably eight months after I had left um, the country after a short 10-day vacation. And I kind of felt like my heart was calling me there, but I didn't know what the next step was. And I found myself actually getting laid off um, from the brand that I was at. And it was a brand that was doing really well. They, you know, they were a unicorn startup. I was never going to leave on my own, but I was really unhappy. Um, and so the universe kind of like answered my calling and and I found myself um, laid off. And I immediately, within one month, I made a quick decision. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Belize. What can I, I need to close my life down in one month here? And I need to start a business and st- and talk to everybody I know in my career to try to get some freelance work or clients to sustain living in another country. So I really just went for it. It was like, you know, a to-do list of, okay, sell all your clothes, sell your scooter, um, create coffee and chats and like networking events with everybody you know, build a website, build a brand, register this LLC, like all the things. Um, And I found myself, you know, kind of checking all those boxes and moving to Belize in July of 2016. July 1st, 2016, actually, is our anniversary. 
Wow, that that is amazing. I think that's something that a lot of people dream about doing, but don't have the guts to do. You actually did it. Congratulations. So did you, yeah, was, thank you. was FPS in existence by the time you hit Belize, or were you just kind of doing freelance work for uh, other people? FPS was in existence. Like I said, with the, um, I had set it up as an LLC. I built a website. I built a brand. At that time, it was not an agency. I thought I was just going to be freelancing and consulting. And um, and and right after I I did that, I actually wrote about this journey for Fast Company and on Medium, and it really got picked up and shared quite a bit because obviously, like you said, it's something people dream about doing or are interested in doing. And I'm a content marketer, so I wrote a catchy title, and it and it really got circulated quite a bit. And through that way, I had a brand that I had linked to, and one of the articles reach out, and they had just fired their um, SEO and content agency. So they asked me to pitch them. And at that time, I was like, I don't know what it means to pitch. I'm not an agency, but I started like reaching out to other people I knew that did SEO. I did content and we kind of, I kind of really just faked it till I made it, to be honest. That's totally the how it came about. So from there, I just started like really building this collective of really incredible, smart, remote workers. And it was a time where I knew of and could find really smart people who just did not want to work in-house anymore. They did not want to work in offices. So they were working for themselves and they were consulting, but they were incredible experts in their fields. They had been doing it long enough to go out and consult on their own. So I started building the agency off of those people as independent contractors. And so every time I needed an email person, I would find a really incredible expert email person, really incredible expert SEO person, content person, lead gen person. And that's how I built first page until we were able to hire our first employee um, in 2021. So how many employees do you have now? Right now we have, we're about around 30. Good. Wow. And everybody works. And that is a mix of that is a mix of full time and what we call extended team members, which are 1099 contractors are the ethos of our brand. Like I told you, we built our brand off of contractors. We will always have them part of our team. So when I say my team is 30 people, that is a combo of full time and 1099 contractors. And we treat we give our 1099 contractors perks just like we give our full time people like we have. We treat them just part of our team as well. And everybody works remotely. Everybody is remote. I mean, 90% of them I've never met in person. Some of them have been here for four or five years, and I've never met them. Why um, Why is that important to you? What does it mean to you to be a first remote company, a remote first company, as opposed to, you know, a place where you can work remote, but you don't always? Yeah. So that's an interesting conversation going on right now. Like, in twenty, since I started my company in 2016, and we've been remote from the inception, I've built all of my brands and systems and ethos on remote first and um, 2020 hit. And now we're in this conversation where we see a lot of anti-remote articles coming out, remote work is ruining cities or whatever all the reasons are, (laughs) or the, or, you know, this fight to bring people back to the office or hybrid where people are trying to do half remote or half, half um, in office. And those people are like, they're a company with some people working remote. We're truly remote first. And what that means is it starts from the top and it permeates through your entire company. Your founder has to believe in remote work. Your leadership team has to believe in remote work. And you have to build your entire 
entire company and brand to work properly remote. You cannot just go home and work remote. It requires incredible, like incredible work. And we've been working pretty hard for seven years on this to build all of our processes to work for remote people, all of our tech stack to work for remote people, our access levels to work for remote people, right? So like access, tech stack, process documentation, async work, like making sure that you know how to work where you don't all have to be in front of the computer at the same time, understanding when to use Zoom and not to use Zoom, using deep um, project management systems like ClickUp or Asana um, to track your days and your project and workload and stuff. Like these are the things that you have to do as a company to really make remote work work for people. So when I hear companies say, oh, we tried remote and it remote and it didn't work. And I'm like, well, that's because you just you're an actually an office culture company and you just stuck everybody at home. So what what would you say is like a a main a main thing that is important in remote work that uh maybe people who just decide, okay, you're allowed to work at home and use Zoom that they don't realize that they need to do. Yeah, so it's um it's communication, tech stack, and access levels and how you're working, basically. So communication is, I mean, we're talking about this constantly. How do you communicate remote? Where do you communicate? How often, how do you communicate online? Are you communicating async or sync? Are you using video or not video? Like that's a lot of like how you approach communicating with your coworkers, right? The other thing is access. Like you have to do a lot with password management, um, with Google Docs, with privacy of folders and spaces to make sure that every nobody is blocked to do their work and everybody has all of the information they need when they need it. There's not information silos. There's not access silos. Then you have to be very intentional about your tech stack. You have to make sure that you have very clear tools. People know why they're using them, where they're using them, and when they're using them. And where to go for certain things, how to find certain things, what not to do in these tools and stuff like that. So we're building, you know, we're constantly documenting and talking about this stuff and improving how we're working remote together. And it's a full-time job, right? I have three or four people in the leadership team, a people person, an operations person, myself, client service person. We're focusing on making sure that we are the best remote company out there. And it takes a lot of work and focus. So given that all of these things are in place and it's it's constantly developing, how would you describe the the culture at FPS? Yeah, so outside of being remote first, like we're people first, honestly, like remote and people first is our culture. So we are really focused on, and this was important to me because this is one of the reasons I was burned out as well in my in my career. And this goes into building the type of company I wanted to work at that I felt like didn't exist. We really focus on getting rid of and not doing a lot of those things that make people feel really awful in the workspace, like the politics, the passive aggressive emails, like toxic work environments, um, people being pinned against each other. And I don't want to say we're a family because I think that's like a trigger for people because you have your family, right? But I did just have a um, coworker reach out to me on Slack and say, like, it really feels like you've built a community here. Like, we want to be kind to each other and we want to do great work and we want to like working with each other. And that comes with acting and treating certain ways. And so all of that is built into the core values of our brand. And we make sure that we hire on those core values. 
before we get into some of the services you offer, one more one more culture question. Were, were these things that you had in mind right when you started, or did this kind of develop and you realize, oh yeah, this is important? Because I know you were an expert already uh-huh. in marketing, but you know, in yeah. terms of all these other things. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like um, marketing. You know, was almost my former career in some ways. I did still do a lot of marketing in the first seven years of the business because I was acting CMO for one of our big clients. But I have stepped out of that. And really, my passion lies in like building an incredible company, an incredible culture, an incredible remote first company. So what this all existed in my brain with what I wasn't happy with at my work. And the whole idea of the why am I building this? Because I want to work somewhere that I wish I had a place to work where people were kind to each other and we could travel, do great work, you know, but still have time for ourselves. Like people really want to work like this. Let me tell you, like we have people beating down our doors because we have really focused on our brand culture. So our culture and what we talk about and what was important to us, some of the stuff I'm talking about on this podcast stands out in our website, in our Instagram, and like how we're talking about working for first page. And so, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, if you were a brand my size, you would have a really hard time recruiting talent. Right now, I have, we're interviewing people coming over from the Google, from Google and Facebook and on their resume, which in my career was the echelon place to work. But because these big brands cannot figure out to let people work in the way that want to work, we're getting people with incredible talent come to our company because they want to work like this, because they don't want, you know, people babysitting them and forcing them to work in certain ways. And so we're pretty like, as long as you get your work done here, if you deliver incredible work, you deliver on time, I don't really care how you're working. So, you know, treating people like that has really paid off in spades for us because now we have this incredible team that does incredible work for our clients. Yeah, very nice. Sounds awesome. So tell me about some of the serv- tell me about the services that FPS offers. Yeah, so we are a growth marketing agency. Um we specifically work with um product-led brands. So a brand, a tech company, a startup, SaaS, fintech, any company that has a is product driven, right? So we like to do um product marketing, growth marketing kind of services. And so our core services are SEO, paid marketing, content marketing, lead generation, data analytics, strategy development, that's the first of what we do and everything, and then also um, marketing automation is part of kind of what we're doing behind the scenes with all of that. And we are specifically really love HubSpot, so we can help companies that work at HubSpot as well. So you, you listed a lot of uh, a lot of very good um, services, but you know there are a lot of agencies that offer those similar services. What makes for FPS different? Yeah, so it's been an evolution. And this is part of like what is the challenge of, a, of being an agency owner, right? Like how do we talk about what we do? What is our secret sauce? Why would someone choose us or not choose us um, to work with us, right? And so I really, we kind of started out more of an SEO uh, and content agency. And what I was finding is that was commoditized. Like Nobody wanted to pay more than $4,000 retainer for SEO. And then they siloed us within their company. Oh, you're just the SEO team. You don't need to talk to our lead generation team. You don't need to talk to our customer service team. And ultimately, I do not believe in that kind of marketing. Like We really believe in integrated, full-stack growth marketing. And so I flipped the switch a couple of years ago, and I started talking about us as a growth marketing agency because we want to be able to own 
and support many different channels because they all work together no matter what brand you are. So what we started doing was um, talking about what we, you know, our proven process or the secret sauce of FPS as these growth hubs. So we start out when we work with a brand with a growth scorecard. So we've built our scorecard to be around these different growth hubs. We have an attract hub, which is focusing on bringing people into your website, raising brand awareness, filling the top of the funnel. We have a convert hub, which is where we then start to look at how things are converting, how to con- make sure you have conversion points on your website, improving conversion once we um, bring people in. And then we have our accelerate hub, which is basically throwing fuel on the fire and doing adding in more tactics and more channels to get more people in, more conversion, more middle of the funnel, top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. That's everything that we would do within one year, right? So when we start with someone, we say the attract hub is going to be like the first six months. Then we're going to look at the convert hubs from month six to nine. The last 10 to 12 months is accelerate. And then accelerate continues on past the 12 months if you decide to work with us with, which 99% of clients of ours still do. Um, so when we work with the scorecard, we get on the phone with you and we have this incredible scorecard that has all these like different questions we're asking in these hubs, right? So for instance, in the attract hub, we might ask you, um, to rate yourself from one to three on the question of, we regularly monitor our technical site health in a tool like Google search console, Ahrefs or SEMrush. So there's a bunch of these questions, like over 30 questions where you're scoring yourself and you're getting a grade in each hub. So then we know where your weakness is, right? Like, okay, you're great at the attract hub. We don't actually need to help you there. Like, let's come in and let's help you with your convert hub because you're really weak in converting even though you have tons of traffic. So this is helping us understand specifically and and create a bespoke strategy for every brand that we work with because we don't have cookie cutter retainers that are just like one size fits all. Okay, great. Hey, you know, you talked about your culture and you're you're attracting um, potential uh, employees or applicants from places like Google and things like that. Would you say your clients? Would you say the the culture at FPS is noticeable or beneficial to your clients? Absolutely. Like I, I don't think I would love if clients connected the dots more to this. And so this is a great thing to talk about, right? Because. We have a culture where people are really happy to be here. Like I have a lot of quotes. I I give everybody an anniversary gift and they email me back and say, thank you, blah, blah, blah. Recently, two people said, this is the best job I've ever worked at. The other one said, this is so great for my mental health. And then I told you about the person that just met me on Slack and said that it feels like we're part of a community. When people work like this, when they feel happy, when their mental health is great, they do great work. And then therefore your work product as a client is really high quality, right? And also, because people want to work like this, we attract really top talent to do the work, right? So we, I really consider our work product gold star. Um, and this kind of goes into what we talk about with like how we're different, right? So we are not, a, we say that we're not a traditional agency. That's one of the ways that we're different. And um, we're not traditional from our culture to our operations, to also how we work as an agency. So a lot of agencies are going to outsource. We don't do that. They're going to give you really young, inexpensive labor that's an account manager who's 24 years old who just got a job. 
and you'll never see the smart people that that helped you sign on the dotted line again. And we don't do that. Um, and you know, our processes also bespoke to product-led high-growth brands. So everybody we bring in, we try to make sure that they have a tech background, that they've worked on high-growth companies, startup companies. They understand what it's like to do growth marketing for those kind of brands because it is definitely a unique culture and a unique way of working. And then um, we're able to just hire the best because we hire from anywhere around the world, right? So we are not stuck with hiring people in Ohio because we're an Ohio-based company or California because we're a California. So we're able to, you know, bring in the gold standard experts that way also. So those are some of the ways that we're unique. And that matters to the work and the and the type of clients that we are working with. Yeah, absolutely. So you were working in San Francisco and you, you know, you things happened, you you left that job and then you started your own thing. You moved to Belize and now you said you're in Honduras. Have you lived anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, since that time. No. No, I, I just keep going south, you know, like I grew up in Seattle and it's super rainy there and eight months a year and um, all my friends and, you know, most of my family are still there, but I wanted more sun. So I went to San Francisco. San Francisco is a lot sunnier than Seattle, but it's also freezing. And I don't know if you've ever been to yeah. San Francisco in the summer, not actually warm place. So then, yes, I, I moved to Belize. And then um, two years ago, I actually moved to Roatan, Honduras. So I lived on an island in Belize, and I moved to an island called Roatan that's in Honduras. So they're very similar islands, diving cultures, Caribbean islands, both beautiful places. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Do you have any other places uh, in the back of your mind? Oh, man. Like, since I've been down here, I just, I cannot, like, sing the praises of Central and South America more. It is such an incredible part of the world that not enough people explore. A lot of Americans only go to Mexico. Um, there's so many great countries below Mexico that are really inexpensive, beautiful culture. They are safe despite what you'll hear. I've been traveling in all of them. Um, the people are incredibly kind. They'll give you the shirts off their back. There's smiles on their faces. It's just such a warm culture, Latin culture. Um incredible music, uh, incredible food. It's just such a beautiful part of the world. I can't, I, I will never leave it. I'm here forever. Very nice. Have you had any employees who were, you know, I was stuck commuting to work in the winter in Indiana and uh, now I can, you know, live wherever? Yeah, for sure. We definitely, we have like, okay, so that's the beauty of remote work, right? Like you don't have to be, have a backpack traveling the whole world to work at my company. If Remote work for you means being a mother at home in Indiana, then that's okay here too. You know, like we don't judge or push any type of culture, but we definitely have people that travel more and take advantage more of the remote lifestyle and the travel lifestyle than others. Um, we have Slack channels where people share like the one time of the year they do it or the four times a year they do it, whatever that is. Um, but we have uh, some certain contractors who are in other countries too, which is really cool too. We have someone in Sri Lanka. Um, we have someone in Switzerland, um, British Columbia, or I'm sorry, Brit United Kingdom, Britain. And yeah, just very, we've had someone on Australia. So just various countries. And it's always fun to learn about other people's cultures that way too. We try to share cultural celebrations um, in Slack as well. I have one more question for you. It's about the uh, podcast. Um, you have already, you know, produced multiple episodes, but uh, what are you enjoying most about it? And what made you decide to to do it in the beginning? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So with Remotely Cultured, we're focused really on not only talking about remote work, because I love talking about remote culture and like how people are working or how they're building remote companies. So that's a lot of the guests we're bringing on. But I try to also talk to marketers and people working in tech for tech brands. So so we want to have those product-led tech com- company conversations. We want to have marketing conversations. We want to have remote conversations. So it's really at the cusp of that. Um, I will say I'm like, I love the networking opportunity. I am going to age myself here, but my you know career started that when Twitter and all of the social media brands were just getting started. I remember when Instagram launched um, and I remember when Facebook launched. <laughs> so I started my career in content marketing and social media marketing way, way back um, many moons ago. And um, then I, oh, I lost my train of thought. In terms of uh, the the networking aspect. Oh, yeah. And so I started out with doing like tweet ups networking, right? So that was a really great thing when Twitter started way back in like 2007 and stuff. And you'd get to meet a lot of marketers um, that way. And now it's really hard to do networking, right? Like not a lot of people go to conferences anymore. Um, you can kind of do social networking, but some people are burned out or not as, you know, involved there. So I'm just finding that these conversations, these like one-on-one conversations to really dive deep into what people are passionate about. Like people are so interesting, right? And there's just a million people doing a million cool things. And so I really just want to highlight that and it's been so fun to have the conversations um and then you know keep up with people afterwards yeah absolutely sounds great hey Gianna, it's been great to talk to you uh very interesting stuff uh the remote culture sounds um very enviable thanks so much for uh allowing me to talk to you today thank you chad nice to have you on so long everybody thanks for listening to remotely cultured with me Gianna barrett I hope that you loved what you heard in this episode and will help spread the word by sharing it with your circle. Check out our other episodes on your fave podcast app and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show. Until we meet again, keep adventuring.